in week 18. That just shows, I think, how good this team could have been and the potential that they had too. This is the same team that in the beginning of the season was top five in rushing and top five in passing with it felt like no running backs on the roster, right? All right, welcome in to Flock Nation Speaks, a podcast for only the best, only the best, right, of Ravens fans. I'm, I'm still working on the slogan, okay? This is the pilot episode, all right? I'm still working on the slogan. I don't know if I want it to be an all-time great Ravens podcast. It kind of goes to my my uh, my wrestling fandom, uh, but <laughs> or if I want it to be, you know, that, you know, a podcast for only the best. Ravens fans and you know everybody else too you know anybody who wants to watch the flock nation speak can come watch the flock nation speak who am I DJ from Beal Productions uh looking at you talking to you speaking with you commenting with you whatever right what is this podcast it is called flock nation speaks because it's a Ravens podcast primarily but I will say I'm gonna throw in a couple of little uh, tidbits about the Sixers and, and a little bit of basketball too every once in a while simply because I do love basketball as well and the Sixers that's my squad one of my one of my passionate uh you know my passionate fan bases that I'm a, a part of you know including the Ravens so in the pilot episode I want to talk about the season in review uh, I know I'm a little bit late on this one about two months I did I really need that long to kind of you know digest a little bit <laughs> no not necessarily but giving me a little bit of more of an opportunity to sit down and and think a little bit and, and think about the season here's some people i've been in a couple of twitter spaces where they talked about the season and i got a chance to talk a little bit like off the record about the season but now i finally get to put it you know pen to paper uh red to button i don't know what, what whatever you call it right whatever you call it but I want to talk about the season in review. Of course, we got uh, some some other news as as of late with Villanueva retiring. What do I think about that? Boykin potentially, potentially, probably should have put that in the graphic, but potentially being traded, uh, and also uh, Tavon Young being released and the end of his tenure as a Raven because you know we've seen the ups and downs of Tavon Young, but we'll talk about that as well. And then speaking of the defense, right? What's the wrong coordinator fired in Greg Roman? Wink Martindale, of course, Wink was fired. Greg stayed, right? Gregory, we don't talk about G-Row, you know. Uh, shout out to Engraven on that one. But for me, for me, let's start with the season in review. A very hurtful season, I will say. Like, like Lamar Jackson's reaction on your screen, if you're watching, uh, and if you're listening, you can. I'm just gonna let you know he's frustrated. Okay, that was me. That was me throughout this season, right? I I was a little frustrated. I'm not even gonna lie to you. What a what a wild ride it was, though. I think I think is where we got to start, right? I mean, this season started out with news from the jump, right? Before the season even started, right? Injuries everywhere. I'm talking about before week one, there was injuries 
everywhere. Your top three running backs by right out for the season like not out for a couple of weeks out for the season so like you're a run first offense and your top three running backs are gone right that that it starts off there then the defense gets hit Derek wolf he's he's done for the season we didn't know it at the time but he's done for the season right he but he you know we saw we saw he got hurt uh in that uh, and then like training camp, you know, he had got hurt. I think aggravated his back. I think it was, uh, and that kept him out for the season. Marcus Peters goes down with the torn ACL. And then of course, uh, the rest is history as the, the injuries that just continued to pile up throughout the season. I'll say this, right. I, I, I'll say this. I've heard a lot of people try to compare the Ravens injury situation this season to other teams throughout the NFL. I mean, we, we've seen, you know, the Titans. The Titans was the main one because the Titans, of course, made the playoffs. They were the number one seed. They didn't have Derrick Henry for, what, was it half the season? Um, just about, you know, they didn't have Derrick Henry for, for a nice bit of the season. A.J. Brown was hurt. Julio Jones was hurt. But I'm going to be honest with you. To me, you can't compare – what the Ravens went through from an injury situation to any team this season. And for the Ravens to be still alive in week 17, oh, well, cr cr crazy to think we had a week 18, right? In week 18, that just shows, I think, how good this team could have been and the potential that they had too. This is the same team that in the beginning of the season was top five in rushing and top five in passing with, it felt like no running backs on the roster, right? The season, I mean, the season was just crazy. There was injuries. And the reason I say you can't compare the injury situation, to be honest with you, to the Titans or to any other team in the NFL this season uh, that at least had a chance of contending in any way or getting to the playoffs, the reason I say you can't you can't really compare it is the Ravens were hit with injuries at every position group uh, and mostly significant injuries, except for wide receiver. Wide receiver was the only position group that wasn't hit by an injury that took somebody out for the year. Think about it. Running running back, top three running backs out in a run first offense, no less, right? That's that like, I mean, that that hurts enough. Then of course you 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 know you had Bateman hurt for the first part of the season. You had Boykin hurt for the first part of the season, right? You had those those two guys who, you know, Boykin wasn't really a big factor this season, but Bateman, of course, turned out to be and hopefully going to turn out to be for the future as well. Tight end, of course, you had Nick Boyle, who struggled throughout the season uh, to kind of get himself back. I mean, I, I I can't necessarily say Nick Boyle was out for the season at any point, but he just wasn't back to his full self. So that's that's a big injury. That's a big key piece missing. Offensive line, Villanueva, the retired man, right? The, the recently retired man, Villanueva has to move from right tackle to left tackle, which he played better at, but has to move because Ronnie Stanley in the first game of the season, uh, you know, kind of re-aggravated that, that bad ankle of his. Uh, and now you got the offensive line. And I mean, that was a carousel the whole, the whole season, really. Ben Cleveland and Ben Powers were hurt throughout the season. Patrick McCarry stepped up at right tackle, but he was hurt. So it's like, the injuries were ridiculous, right? The injuries were just ridiculous, and that was just the offensive end, right? So, so that that's running back. So, what you talking about out for the season? That's running back, offensive line, and I mean practically tight end. But I ain't even gonna count tight end. But you know, still you could say tight end. Then of course you got corner. I mean, Marcus Peters gets hurt. 
Marlon Humphrey gets hurt later on in the season. Tavon Young, he got banged up a little bit. He played more this season than he usually had in the past because he had always had injury issues. But this season, he finally got a chance to show up, and I think he really played well. Uh, you know, hate to see him go for it from a depth perspective, I think, personally. Uh, but we'll talk a little more about that here in a minute. But for me, man, like just the injuries everywhere. Defensive line with Derek Wolf, right? Clayus Campbell got hurt, you know, w- within the season too. I don't want to really talk about, you know, kind of injuries that didn't didn't necessarily linger. But like, you know, Derek Wolf is out for the season. Uh, you know, in the linebacking core, LJ Fort is out for the season, which forced Patrick Queen to move to a position where he wasn't really comfortable in being the Mike linebacker, right? So, you know, that kind of messed with the defense a little bit too. And then, you know, of course, safety, Deshaun Elliott got hurt later on in the season. You know, he was gone for the year for for, for a nice little bit of games, especially that last stretch. Uh, so, I mean, that's corner, linebacker, defensive line. Like, it, there were injuries, significant injuries at every position except for wide receiver. Like, wide receiver was the only thing that was kind of standing tall at the end of the season, it felt like. And, like, for me, you know, when I look at the Ravens' season in review – I think as a fan and a passionate fan at that, you can't help but be a little frustrated. I'm not going to lie to you. You can't help but be a little bit frustrated with how the season went because, oh, and I forgot the mentioned man, right? The mentioned man on, on the graphic is Lamar Jackson, right? So you got So you got Lamar Jackson. He's hurt too. And that was, I think, the the final nail in the coffin because although the Ravens were in practically every game they played this season, when Lamar Jackson got hurt, I think that's what ended the season essentially, right? When he when he uh, sprained his ankle against the Browns, the second time they played the Browns, that's when the season kind of I think took a took a downturn. Now, albeit, I, you know, I, and I get a Ravens credit for this, they played their butts off. Uh, throughout that stretch, right? Throughout that stretch, they were in every game. They just couldn't get the win. And I think that's why, for me, my biggest thing is with Tyler Huntley, he was good, but they just couldn't finish the games. You know, if they could finish the games, I think we might be having a whole nother conversation. And also, I think if Lamar could have gotten healthy, I know sprained ankles linger too. If Lamar could have gotten healthy, you never know. The Ravens could have made some noise in the playoffs because I think we forget too because – Everybody wants to sit and credit the Bengals and, you know, with all due respect to the Bengals, you know, something disrespectful about to come out, right? With all due respect to the Bengals, they did have a weak run throughout the playoffs, right? Joe Burrow had, what, four TDs and, and, and two picks. Well, that, that was his playoff run. Uh, and, and, you know, we want to we want to credit them for, I guess, overachieving, right, which, which is fine, completely fine, right? But, I mean, when you think about the Bengals' schedule in the playoffs – you know, of course, they started out with the Titans who were hobbled. Uh, you know, they started out with the with the the Titans who were hobbled, and the Ra- actually no, they started out with the Raiders then the Titans. The the Raiders who like the Raiders have always been up and down, and, and you know, I was surprised that they got to the playoffs with everything they went through. the The Raiders have always been up and down, and I think that's that's just that's just how the Raiders are right they up and down let's be honest they they just going they they just they just one of them type of teams man they they are up and down so the Raiders the Raiders have always been up and down then you you know of course you got the Titans the Titans were still hurt up Derrick Henry was not ready to play that game 
right? Derrick Henry was not ready to play that game. And then, of course, you got the Chiefs, which they just completely collapsed in the second half. Uh, and the Rams almost did it in the Super Bowl and, and gifted the Bengals a Super Bowl, but I'm glad that they didn't. Overall, on the season, I'm disappointed, right? I mean, because, I mean, who who wants to not make the playoffs, right? Especially in, in a season – this season was so any given Sunday. And I think the Ravens proved that just like some of these other teams did with the Jack. I mean, we watched the Jags beat uh, who did the, the Jets beat the Bengals, the Jags beat the Bills. Right. And then the Jags knocked the Colts out of the playoffs at the end of the season. Right. So it's like and the Ravens were playing with everybody, every top seed in the NFC. They were playing with them. They played with the Rams. They played with the Packers. Right. Like, I mean, the only games that they couldn't stay in was the Bengals, right? They just, the, the, the corners at that point just couldn't match up. And even when they was healthy, they weren't matching up very well either. Uh, you know, so for me, it was disappointing, but I, you almost got to, got to kind of, kind of be proud of the team in a way, because it's like with all they went through to be in all of those games. And of course, if you literally flip a coin right and uh the game goes the other way then you know and, and some of them really could have came down to a coin flip if uh John Harbaugh went to went to overtime but then again uh you know somebody once told me that history is written by the winners so of course losing those games makes it feel a little bit different than you know of course it would uh if you if you won those games but overall I think I'm disappointed I mean I I can't help but be a little bit disappointed but at the t- at the same time, I got to give them a little bit of credit, right? I got to give them a little bit of credit because this is the team that through, you know, it felt like by hook or by crook was going to somehow win these games. And I don't know how they didn't, but <laughs> let's be honest, they didn't, right? Uh, you know, but at the same time, the Ravens, the Ravens really showed a lot of heart this season and showed a lot of a lot more potential than I think a lot of people gonna give them credit for. A lot of people, like even when with, with the crazy amount of injuries, was thinking that the Ravens were gonna win all of these games. Like, I mean, I I was expecting them maybe to like pull an upset against the Rams or maybe the Packers or something like that, and like put together a couple of games. Like, I I have faith in the Ravens to win games even when their backs against the wall, but. I mean, you talking about back against the wall, like, like I, I mean, there's no, there's no comparison for, for what the Ravens went through, and for them to be right in the playoff hunt at the end of the season, of course, needing a little bit of help, you know, that, that's how that goes too. But, uh, you know, couldn't get that help and ended up, you know, sitting at home for the playoffs. But I mean, I always felt like if the Ravens could make the playoffs, they could have made some noise in the playoffs, just because it's the league was just, I mean. They talk about every given Sunday, you know, any given Sunday a lot, right? They talk about any given Sunday a lot, but this season for a fact was any given Sunday. For the first time, I feel like in a very long time, like for the first time in a very long time, you couldn't really count anybody out. You really didn't know what was going to happen at any given time. Uh, But I think this season showed a lot about the Ravens in terms of heart. I felt like you know, a lot of people were calling for John Harbaugh's head at the end of the season, you know, especially, you know, going for two and stuff like that. And I can understand the aggressive nature of John Harbaugh, especially in the situation that he was he was in for this particular season. You know, you 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 playing with a backup quarterback and, and backups everywhere, everywhere you look. 
it feels like. And, you know, like we said, if some of those some of those plays go a little bit differently and they win some of those games, you never know what could have happened, I think. And even if Lamar could have got healthy with a couple of extra weeks uh, of rest or even, you know, he missed the rest of the season after that Browns game. But, you know, maybe that maybe getting in the playoffs for that wild card would have been, you know, he would have been ready for that game. You never know. So but at the end of the day, you know, it was a disappointing season, but I think two, you got to be kind of proud of what the Ravens did, considering uh, the, the the circumstances, considering the injuries, considering what what was put in front of them. Uh, you know, you you got to be you got to be decently okay with it, right? Let's talk about the coordinators real quick, and then we'll get to the most recent news. So, a few weeks back, probably about what? Probably about a month now, I, I would think. Uh, Wink Martindale got fired. He has since been hired by the New York Giants as their uh, defensive coordinator. And how to feel? How to feel going into it? Like, was the right coordinator? I guess that's the true question, right? Was the what was the wrong coordinator fired? As it says on your screen. Was the wrong coordinator fired? To say that Wink didn't deserve to be fired, I think is a little bit of a questionable take. Because on one hand, I, I kind of agree, right? <laughs> leave, leave it to me to say something that's questionable and then uh, use it in my argument, right? But to say that Wink deserved to be fired is questionable, but at the same time, if you think about it, it might be right because, yes, Wink gave us top 10, probably, I mean, you could probably even say top five defenses as long as they were healthy, right? This season, you know, I could even chalk this season up and be like, oh, you know, I mean, the best defensive coordinator in the world couldn't couldn't really coach this team just because, like, there was guys out there that, that weren't even supposed to be out there yet or, you know, weren't ready for, for that moment. So really the defense at the end of the season, I felt like stepped up. I really do. I feel like the, the defense truly stepped up when it came down to it. And I, I felt like it was the offense that really fell flat a little bit. I think the offense was kind of what fell flat a little bit uh, when it came to, to the end of the season and, and finishing games. But let's take it back, you know, down memory lane a little bit to uh, some of the losses that, that Lamar Jackson did experience, especially in his career. To where the Ravens have had opportunities to come back in those games, right? The Ravens have had plenty of opportunities to come back. And that's where that whole narrative of Lamar can't beat the Chiefs, Lamar can't come from behind, this, that, and the third, right? Take it back to like Lamar's first playoff game, his first playoff game, and even that Chiefs game, that Chiefs game, I keep forgetting about that, that Chiefs game before that, right? They He had a chance to win that game and then the Ravens defense, which they put all the money into, couldn't get a stop. Then on top of that, you go to the playoffs, right? Yes, the offense started slow. Should they have started slow? Probably not, but they did, okay? You got a rookie quarterback making his first playoff start, and, you know, they're coming after him. And plus, you played this team before, right? The Ravens rallied to the 
to a comeback, the defense just couldn't get that last stop for the Ravens to take the lead slash tie the game. And that's happened time and time again. I feel like every Chiefs game has been like that. Uh, you know, every Chiefs game, you couldn't get that final stop that you needed, right? Even I'm trying to think the bit now the Bills playoff game was different. The Titans playoff game, that first one was different too. But I feel like the play calling was kind of weird in those games. But a lot of those losses that, that Lamar took, especially in the regular season, were due to the defense not being able to get stops. So was Wink justified in being fired or parting ways or however you want to say, you know, whatever how, whatever uh, the vernacular you want to use is? Yes, I would say, especially if you're trying to, like, instill a different – defensive scheme wink is live and die by the blitz i'm gonna live by the blitz i'm gonna die by the blitz right whether my guys can cover on the back end or not it might be it might be me you him and them out there right <laughs> like for real though like it might be you don't know who wink is gonna blitz Wink, this man right here this man on your screen wink is going to blitz wink is going to blitz like I'm just going to let y'all know. Wink going to blitz. Wink does not care. He going to blitz. So, so my, my thought process is, hmm, hmm. With Wink, I feel like he was almost too aggressive for the defense that he was calling. For the, for the personnel. For the personnel, I should say. He was too, he was too aggressive. For that type of personnel, he was too aggressive. Uh, considering who he had on the roster, right? Considering who he had on the roster, it it was just it it wasn't the perfect storm for Wink. Now we've seen what Greg Roman can do, right? We've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it, and we've seen it, right? Has Greg Roman hit a ceiling? I think you could possibly say he has. I think you could possibly say he has, and I think that's why the wrong coordinator might have got fired because I think we want to see some of these other guys get opportunities let's talk about the news let's talk about the news give me five seconds five seconds you got to count to five right count to five with me give me five seconds to talk about this news you got i'm gonna give you a, a second to just think about it for a minute villain the waiver retires tavon young release and miles boykin potentially getting traded All right, so it wasn't the the music I was going for when I when I decided to take a quick break. Uh, I, I was thinking a little bit more something, you know, a little bit more hip, but whatever. So first off, a villain of waiver. I think I'm pretty sure villain of waiver was contemplating retiring before the season, before the Ravens even signed him. So I'm not surprised that he retired. Uh, he was under a lot of pressure and a lot of scrutiny especially after Ronnie Stanley got hurt. And even before that, before that, I mean, him at right tackle, just won't it, won't it. So with Villanueva retiring, I mean, I think he was, he was just ready to retire. What was it? Seven years in the NFL. I think it was. Yeah. Seven years. Of course he spent most of them with, 
uh, the, the Steelers, unfortunately. But for me, for me, I feel like Villanueva, Villanueva to me, he just wasn't a good fit. He just he was he wasn't at all like Villanueva was not a good fit at all for what the Ravens needed. I think he he was just almost like too old and too slow. Uh, and you know the Ravens of course had had a lot of times where they had to spread the ball around a little bit more too this season. So so that I think that that goes hand in hand. I'm <laughs> it's gonna sound a little disrespectful, but I don't want to say he won't be missed. Uh, but I might as well say he won't be missed. Uh. Because I think the Ravens were probably going to, if not move forward from him, in some form or fashion, they were going to move forward from him. Uh, so with Villanueva, you know, it's pro- he's probably going to get uh, much healthier uh, after retiring. That's usually how that goes. You know, I won't be surprised if I see a transformation uh, transformation Tuesday from, from Villanueva sometime soon. But for me – I. Personally, I ain't gonna necessarily miss Villanueva, even though I think he did play pretty well at left tackle. Give the man a little bit of credit. Now, before we get into the the, the potential rumor of Boykin potentially being traded, let's let's jump over to Tavon Young on the other side of the ball. Tavon Young being released by the Ravens. Um, I'm sure a lot of a lot of Ravens fans are probably thinking finally because. Tavon Young has struggled with injuries since, like, I think it was since his second year. No, I think, I'm pretty sure he was out for the year, his first year. And then he struggled with injuries ever since then. Uh, You know, he played, like, the times he played, he showed great potential, but he could just never stay on the field. Now, what surprises me about Tavon Young, knowing his injury history, the Ravens still continue to uh, have, and I quote, big trust in Tavon Young. And it was a little surprising to me. I was a little surprised that they had so much trust in, in Tavon Young because they extended him even, I mean, I think it was after he tore his ACL, they extended him. I'm pretty sure they've extended him twice. So the amount of trust they got in Tavon Young, I think is uh, kind of crazy when you think about his injury history. But as opposite as this is going to sound, I would have kept him. Now, I would have probably tried to sign him for a lesser deal, but the Ravens right now, especially after the season that we just saw, need corner depth pretty bad. Uh, they need they need more corners. Marcus Peters coming up, coming back off of ACL. Marlon Humphrey coming back off a of, torn bicep, I think it was. Um, Jimmy Smith is up and down and probably won't even resign. He might even he might even retire him, himself, right? Like I love Jimmy Smith, but Jimmy Smith ha- has regressed a little bit just because of his age. So. They kind of need the depth at corner. And if you don't put Tavon Young, I think, in a position to get hurt, uh, I just don't think his body is necessarily built for uh, every week in the NFL as a starting cornerback, uh, especially a starting slot. I just I I think you I think you, they should have kept him for depth more than anything. That that kind of that that kind of surprised me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh I was a little surprised because they kept him kind of by hook or by crook, however they could, but you know, it was it was it was no more. And then of course, Miles Boykin, the potential of him getting traded. I'll never understand. I'll never understand 
and maybe it's because I, I I don't know enough about the situation. Of course, I'm not in in the inside. I don't see see the man at practice, but I have heard plenty of times that Miles Boykin is a great blocker. Um, I'm surprised they haven't tried to bulk him up and put him at tight end. You know, to kind of do the Darren Waller treatment. Uh, because I wouldn't be surprised if somebody signs Miles Boykin and he either becomes a really good receiver because I think he's shown flashes, but the Ravens can't develop wide receivers as you know we obviously see, or he becomes a good tight end somewhere, right? Somebody bulks him up and they make him a pretty decent, uh, you know, tight end. I don't think because I don't think it's necessarily his hands that are the problem. I think sometimes it's his ability to get open, uh, but. I don't think his hands are necessarily the problem. I mean, I, I think he probably has a better catch rate, you know, catch to drop ratio uh, than probably Hollywood does uh, at times. Uh, so for me, for me, I'm a little surprised that they didn't kind of, you know, I mean, and we all know the Ravens love projects, uh, project Pat, right? Like, like who probably won't probably won't resign either. But, you know, the Ravens love their little projects, right? You know, they let Patrick Ricard, a 300-pound uh, human being, play defensive tackle and fullback, uh, and sometimes in the same game. So they love projects. So I'm a little surprised that they don't try a little bit more uh, on the offensive end. But the one thing about the Ravens that kind of maybe maybe I'm just coming to uh, this realization now is the Ravens have always struggled to develop the offensive side of the ball, uh, especially when it comes to receivers. So it's not surprising necessarily to me that they they don't feel like maybe possibly that they wouldn't be able to turn a wide receiver into a good, you know, capable tight end. So honestly, I wish they'd try it. I really do. I wish they'd try it because I don't think I, I think with Boykin being as young as he is, you don't really got anything to lose. Right. Uh, you don't have anything to lose. He's not the fastest guy in the world anyway. So, you know, why not lean into that? And maybe they will. Maybe this is just a rumor and that's just where we are. Right. Maybe that's what this is. But at the end of the day. I would love to see Boykin stay and kind of just add to the weapons because, of course, Nick Bull is more of a blocking tight end than he is a catching tight end, even though he can catch. I will give him the credit that he deserves. He can catch. Uh, but given that significant knee injury he had uh, two years ago, you you also got to remember, you know, you don't know what his future looks like either. So for me, uh, you know. Overall, overall, in terms of the you know the, the whole thing, season in review, disappointed but not too disappointed, right? It's not for me. This season was not like losing in the first round of the playoffs, right? I don't really want to go through this type of season again. This was like very 2015-ish, right, <laughs> where the entire uh, the entire squad got injured. But for me, I. I don't think this is as bad as losing in the playoffs in the first round, right? I don't think this is as bad as having expectations and losing before you should have. At the end of the day, everybody kind of counted the Ravens out because, you know, of all the injuries that that, that they had sustained, especially when Lamar Jackson got hurt and it, it felt like he wasn't going to be able to get back. I think everybody kind of knew the writing was on the wall. You know, it's it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of a wash, especially considering you know they're not finishing games like they maybe would with with you know with Lamar Jackson in the game. When it comes to the to the news and the rumors of everything, 
I know I'm going out of order, but when it comes to the news and the rumors, everything, you know, I don't think any anything really surprised me. Tavon a little bit, maybe. Uh, other than that, I don't think anything really surprised me. And then was the wrong coordinator fired? That's still, that's still, uh, that's still up in the air for me. But as always, hope you guys enjoy the pilot episode of Flock Nation Speaks. Until uh, next time, you know. I'll be back with a, probably a little bit, a little bit, a tiny little bit of Sixers content. I also want to want to you know give you a, a good Raven show week after week. So DJ signing off. Until next time, this has been Flock.